3: Well, welcome to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burt. I'm continuing on for our beloved uh, founder, Dan Celia, who's gone into glory earlier this year. So thanks for being with us today. I uh, wanted to encourage you to sign up for our weekly newsletter if you haven't already done so, or if you were signed up for it and maybe... Uh, Don't see it anymore. Check your spam folder, but it has a lot of really great content. Our team does a great job of putting this together. It comes out once a week. That's all you're going to get. You're not going to get a lot of requests asking for money. You're not going to get anything like that. You're going to get a recap of news stories, of economic news stories that you should be interested in if you're. If you're following economic news and concerned about what's happening in the economy and the markets, it gives you quick little uh, headlines that you can run through really quickly and you can also dig deeper. If you click on those links, it's going to give you a full story there. So it's great information for you to have and we encourage you to sign up for it. We're not going to share your information or sell your information and you're not going to get bombarded with requests. Uh, For Donations either there is a link on there if you want to give a donation Uh, We ask that you do that as the lord leads, but it's not required. We are here The purpose of this ministry is to be here to serve you and we Really rely on the partners of this ministry those individual partners and our corporate partners as well To provide the funding for the ministry so that we can be here to build up the body of christ and teach good stewardship principles. So on the labor front, uh, I came across an article that uh, on uh, one of the job search platforms, they have released some data that more job searchers are now looking for work that pays $20 an hour. So on the labor front, $20 is the new 15 Dollar an hour. Remember, all of those states who have passed $15 an hour minimum wages, they are now being asked to bump that up to $20 as inflation just takes its toll on uh, discretionary income for consumers in california hey, Shana, it said
0: yeah can i jump in and just ask a quick question sure why do you think the like why do you think that's happening there because in my estimation i'm seeing a bunch of these kids my age who are entitled saying i don't want minimum wage to be 15 now i want it to be 20 do you think that's what's happening here or is there something else going on i'm just i'm just curious.
3: Yeah, I think that's part of it. And I also think that inflation is just whittling away at people's con- discretionary income. And, you know, we also have this very, very tight labor market. So we've seen labor participation just drop and continue to stay low ever since the Obama administration. If you remember, yeah. when Obama first took office, he started getting people hooked on government assistance, you know, with the Obama phones and, you know, all of this increase in uh, in public assistance that uh, he He was really pushing hard. And, you know, Dan used to say all of the time that it's all over once you get 50% of the population plus one dependent on the government for their existence. So that is what the Democrats are trying to do. You know, they don't really care about people's lives. They care about power and staying in power and the way to do that is to follow the money. You make the population dependent on the government and then, you know, it all works out just fine as long as there's those of us who are willing to work and generate income and pay taxes. But once you get to the point where you've got more people on assistance than working, it's a it's a downward spiral and it can't last. So what the problem in the labor market is right now is that we don't have a big enough labor pool we don't have enough people who are willing to work you know the the bible uh, instructs us that we should rest we should we should take rest from our work but that we should work diligently but that's just not the uh that's not the push these days hard work is highly undervalued there is definitely this sense of entitlement especially in the millennial generation and people are just you know would or in it we've been in an environment where it's easier and easier existence to just sit at home and wait for a check than to get up and go to work but you know it's not it's not going to work for long so Jenna that's um, really
0: helpful thank you for explaining that i was wondering on behalf of my generation i feel i feel ashamed to be a part of such an entitled generation you know and i wish that we could do better you know
3: yeah uh, you know, that's my prayer as well, that, that we can raise up the next generation and instill a strong work ethic, you know, and it's it's never too late to teach an old dog new tricks. It's never too late to speak that into that generation and to, to pray for them that they will um, really come out of that. And it, it's not, you know, I'm not making a, a blanket statement. It just seems to be that there are a lot of people in that generation that are um, are that way. You see it, you know, when you're when you're going out to a restaurant to eat and it's like if you order something that's a little bit different than what's on the menu, I mean, it just totally throws them for a loop. They don't know how to punch it in. It's just they don't want to go above and beyond. They're there for their paycheck, they, you know, and they're really kind of irritated that they have to be there the whole time to get their paycheck. It's just a mentality that um, needs to change, and we need to lead by example. For those of us who are in service roles, we need to do everything with a good attitude. We need to be content in the station that the Lord has placed us. The Lord has placed us in a mission field, and we have to be aware of what that is and fulfill our stewardship roles with our time, our talent, and our treasure. So we also have housing and jobs data coming out um expecting still a, a tight housing market. The jobs data is starting to weaken, but again, we are still in a really, really tight labor market. You see that with the headline that I just mentioned as people are seeking more and more and more money. Now, companies are starting to hunker down. They're starting to prepare for, you know, a higher interest rate environment, a global slowdown, and So some of the job postings are coming down. Uh, Some companies are even laying off part of their workforce. So, you know, this is jobs is a lagging indicator for the economy. And when we're in a recession toward the end of a recession, that's when you start to see unemployment increase. Um, You know, I don't know how high the unemployment rate can actually get since we just don't have a very high labor pool and there's still you know some demand out there so inflation is going to continue to be a problem and the fed reiterated that at Jackson Hole this year. Uh, Totally, you want to talk about Fed pivot, and I'm not talking about the Fed pivot from increasing rates to go into an easing environment. I'm talking about the Fed pivot from last year's Jackson Hole to this year's Jackson Hole. Last year, they were still very heavily in denial that inflation was going to be transitory. Remember that word? It is not transitory. Dan said that a long time ago. And you know we've continued to to stay in that opinion um, all the way up till now. It's it's going to be higher and it's going to be higher for a while. So we really have to um, incorporate that into our portfolio strategy. Um, you know you can you can hear us talk about the markets and the economy if you're a partner every month on the partner conference call the one from this month is up there so you can go back and listen you can also go back and listen to some of Dan's old partner conference calls that have a lot of really timeless wisdom in them so i encourage you to do that well we got a couple of calls in the queue we're going to get to those calls as soon as we come back from break we're going to answer some of the questions that we've gotten from the partner website. So we hope that you'll come right back and hear what's on everybody's mind and get some good stewardship advice on how to be biblically responsible and be a good steward. I'm Shanna Burt with Financial Issues. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All throughout
1: the red light district in India, women are trapped in a cycle of survival through prostitution. But they're not alone. Their children are there, hiding in back alleys, under a bed, or asleep in a room not far from the drugs and brothels outside. Five million of these children are trapped in the red light districts of India, at a high risk of being abused or used in the trade themselves. But India Partners has made a way for you to rescue these children and relocate them to a safe, clean home in a safe neighborhood where not only their physical needs will be provided for, but they'll be introduced to the love of Jesus. And hopefully, with these resources, both the child and their mother can escape the sex trade and start a new life outside the red light district. Just $62 will provide a week of safety for one of these children, and $275 will provide for a whole month. Visit indiapartners.org to see how your Your gift can reach into the red light district and provide days of safety for one of these 5 million children.
4: Have you ever thought about banking with a credit union instead of a traditional bank?
1: Not really, but I think my parents have a credit union account.
4: Do you know the difference between a bank and a credit union? Mm, No. Banks are owned by stockholders, so they do their best to make profits for them but credit unions are owned by their members, and the members see their profits through lower rates and higher interest on savings accounts. And at Christian Community Credit Union, our mission is to help members and ministries become better stewards and achieve their financial goals. Our mobile and tablet apps provide easy, safe and convenient banking. It's like banking at your fingertips 24/7. When you bank with us, you're banking with someone who shares your faith and values. To get started today, visit us online at mycccu.com. Christian Community Credit Union, your money building God's kingdom. People are
2: talking a lot about healthcare these days. There are so many changes, so many questions. As Christians, where can we turn for answers? At Samaritan Ministries, we believe the answer is in Jesus Christ working in the lives of his people, demonstrating Christian community by
0: sharing each other's medical needs, scripturally, faithfully. Here's just part of Brett's story in his own words. When I reflect on Samaritan Ministries, the biggest thing that stands out to me is that we, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament. Christianity. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. It it, it has a profound impact on people like me and my wife.
2: Brett is just one of more than 150,000 members who are sharing over $13 million in medical needs each month. If you'd like to experience what it's like to partner with other Christians for your health care needs, and you'd like to see what other members are saying, visit MySamaritanStory.org. Securities offered through GA REPL and Company, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Opinions expressed by Shanna are hers alone and are for informational purposes only, and do not necessarily represent those of GA REPL or the outlet on which you are listening. You should consider how the information applies to your situation prior to personally implementing it, and consult any financial professional you work with to make sure it's applicable to your financial plan.
3: Well, welcome back to Financial Issues. Let's get to the question and answer part of the show. So, we're happy to be here to answer your questions. You know, we pray constantly that God will give us the wisdom to give, uh, to be able to give an answer for the hope that we have. And we hope that we can connect all of our financial advice to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ and our honor for Him. So let's start with some of the partner questions. What do we have there?
0: Good stuff, Shanna. Let's go with Jay. He's saying, I understand that the market is not great right now. I'm just wondering how I'm faring against others who have similarly taken the biblically responsible approach to investing with Dan. I started last year and my return has wavered from 4% or so up to 10% at one point before the end of last year. I'm now around 3%. In full disclosure, I'm a rookie to stock market investing and just looking for a little help in managing my expectations. Thank you so much. God bless you. And I'm 42. 2 years old.
3: Great stuff. So, I think that you're doing pretty good. Thanks for sharing your experience with me and with the other people who are listening and wondering if this biblically responsible strategy can hold up against the world's wisdom, right? So, <laughs> I will tell you that the S&P is down 16% year-to-date. The NASDAQ is down 23%. So I'm not sure exactly. He didn't say if he was talking about year-to-date, but he says he's now down around 3%. That has been my experience too as I'm going through in my practice and doing annual reviews with my clients because we do look at performance. And I can tell you that performance is holding up very well because we're not investors in the market. Number one, because we do biblically responsible investing and we're trying to avoid those companies that are not aligned with our values. But I also ran across a little bit of research and I want to get Seth to put up that graphic that I got. I hope that you're watching us. It'll be a a good way for you to actually see some things, but I am going to read some things off of uh, some some information and some statistics off of that um, graphic as well. So the bad news is that we had—I just told you how much we're down. We had uh, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, and Bridgewater, along with some other big um, analytical firms out, and they've been saying that the the stock market is doomed to a, an additional twenty to thirty percent further decline. So what are we to do? You know, are we to um, just get out of the market and sit in cash and wait it out? or are we are we to just write it out blindly, just put our statements in a drawer and don't look at it? Are we to get into fixed income or CDs? There's a lot of questions out there. So the the same uh, research article that I read said that ninety eight percent of market timers, lose money in the long term. 98%, that is a big percentage. 1% of market timers make enough money to earn a living doing it, and most of them work on Wall Street um, at the most prestigious banks and as hedge fund managers. So the chart that you can see up on the screen there shows the 20-year annualized returns by asset class, and this is recent history, so it goes from 2002 through 2021. And you're going to see the best performing classes there. The thing that I want to draw your attention to is that it's still the S&P 500 has a nine and a half percent average annual return. Um, If you go down a little bit further, you're going to see that a 60-40 portfolio, this is known as the efficient frontier in portfolio management, that's made up of 60 percent equities and 40 percent fixed income, has a 7.4% average annual return. If you flip-flop that, because you're maybe a little bit more conservative and you only go 40% equities and 60% fixed income, the average annual return was 6.4%. And then if you, if you let your eyes fall down there to the orange bar, you see that the average investor earns 3.6%. So why is that? The average investor has a third the average annual return of the market and half or less than the average return of a diversified portfolio because of this reason right here. Most retail investors will try to time the market. You know, they'll get in based on fear and greed. When the news is great and the sky is the limit and the stock market is doing great, people want to get in and so they they move their money in when the sentiment turns and the sky is falling and you know that it's never going to stop they want to get out so timing is the timing of the market is one of the most detrimental things that you can do to your portfolio so what we're doing here at the ministry number one we're being biblically responsible Two, we're looking for pockets of opportunity. There are always opportunities in the market. They don't always look the same. You can see that by looking at some of those mini charts that are out there. I mean, you could just Google you know, asset classes, top performers by year, and you're going to see what looks like a patchwork because they'll color code it. And it's very rare that the same asset class is at the top if you break it down. So we advocate a long-term strategy of buying quality and holding it managing it yes looking at it you know making changes when necessary you've seen a lot of partner alerts come out this week so just to that point where it's not a buy and ignore strategy it's a it's a buy and watch strategy and manage so um, I just encourage you to become a partner. It's $85 a year, and you get such great information. You get commentary that comes out. You know, we we publish a buy list, asset allocation models, and you'll get a few little blurbs about what's happening uh, in the markets. And some of the things that I don't necessarily share here on the air, I do share with partners. So You know, I I would encourage you to read that.
0: Yeah, good stuff, Shanna. We got a lot of good things on social, particularly today and yesterday. So I appreciate all you guys on that FISM chat. Jerry, both Brian's, Mac, Rachel, uh, just I'm thankful for all of you asking these good questions. There's some good questions here, Shanna. I'm going to try to condense it as best I can because there's a lot from today and yesterday. Basically, they're trying to figure out, you know, and it's something that I think a lot of theologians have wrestled with over the years. What's the Christian's responsibility um, for... Like getting involved in the culture war and getting involved in social issues when we understand that God is sovereign and we also understand that ultimately the victory is ours. I hope, guys, Jerry, Mac, and the rest of you, that that made sense, that I sort of was able to kind of be concise about what you guys are asking. It's a great question, Shanna, and I think it's worth our time to talk a little bit about it.
3: Yep, I think so. We had some great conversation during the break, Seth. You and I wish, yeah. I wish we could have. Everybody else could have heard that. But you know, the first thing that comes to mind is that the world, you know, the world is perishing for lack of knowledge. That's what the scripture tells us. And if we who know the truth be quiet and keep it to ourselves, we're we're just letting the world die. We're letting them t- go to hell in a handbasket. We're letting them. Um, We're missing the opportunity to be the vessel that God uses to share the truth You know, the scripture does tell us that we're in the world, but we're not to be of the world So, you know, I think one of the comments was that Jesus came to call people out of the world Actually, Jesus came to save the world And he put believers in the world to be salt and light so, we're to lead by example. We're to speak up for those who can't speak up for themselves, the the orphans and the widows and the children who are being, you know, just really abused and led astray by the doctrine of demons out there that you know, you can choose your identity and you can love who you want to love, and that biblical truth is not true. So we have to be salt and light. And to address the question about engagement, you know, it reminds me of something that Dan used to always say. He said that that when the Lord comes back, He wants to be found with a sword in His hand, fighting the good fight, and that's what we're called to do. We're called to run the race. We're called to endure to the end. Um, did God ask Gideon to stand down and not get involved? Did He ask Joseph? not to get involved in politics? No, he put him in a position of leadership. Did he ask Daniel to be quiet and just to go along with what's happening in the culture? No, he gave him supernatural um, favor, supernatural position, and supernatural influence. We talked about a couple of other ones. Who, who else were we talking about during the break there, Seth? Yeah, we were thinking, Shanna,
0: of Cornelius in the New Testament who had a position of um, power. And you know, we were also thinking, I think this is really important to mention too, that throughout the scripture, you have this understanding of God being totally and completely sovereign over all things, which means, yes, there's a good argument to say, you know what, no matter what happens, God's plan is going to be um, It's going to be made manifest, and the victory is ours ultimately. That doesn't mean we should have a defeatist attitude, though. What it means is that God works his plan through the obedience of his people. Like, that's how he's chosen to work. It's not that he needs us, but he's chosen to do that, which means we have a responsibility to get involved. It doesn't mean that, you know, if we don't get involved, that it's all over and God's like, oh no, what what am I supposed to do? He's going to figure out a way to do it. He doesn't need us, but he wants to use us. So for Christians, I think that should be an encouragement for us that we should get involved, mm-hmm. you know, that we shouldn't just sit by and watch watch the world go. We should understand that, yes, this world is passing away, but also understand that um, God has given us a responsibility to be his hands and feet in this world, again, not because he needs us, but because he, de- he delights in using us. And he's chosen to, to you know, do so.
3: Yes, and amen. You know, he tells us that the, the rocks and the trees will cry out if we don't. So God is going to use someone. Why not let it be us? You know, there's there's great blessing in obedience. There's great blessing for doing what the Lord's asked us to do. And, you know, we don't want to just sit by passively and watch our friends and family and, you know, everybody else just go to hell because they're, they're believing lies. So we have to speak up. We have to get engaged. And we have to say the truth. So, you know, we're asking you to take action on a lot of these cell alerts. I would say be praying about how this ministry can can get more engaged if that's possible in the culture war. So, you know, we ask you to come alongside of us as a soldier. You know, Dan had started that program a while back asking you to fund the ministry at, you know, $20 a month or whatever whatever amount that the Lord leads, but we also need prayer warriors. We need an army of of people who are praying. Uh, behind the scenes, that we would be given position, that we would be given favor, that we would be able to make divine connections with companies and CEOs and, um, you know, people that can really make a difference in these companies, and that we would be able to speak the truth to them and help them to make good decisions with shareholder money just to operate in excellence. I'm Shanna Burt with Financial Issues, and we're coming back to answer some more of your questions right after this break.
0: Do you know what you are supporting when you purchase mutual funds and stocks? Think about it. When you invest in a company, you make a decision to support the things that that company supports. And it may not be things that you agree with.
3: We had no idea that we were supporting things like abortion, gambling, and pornography.
0: Thanks to Financial Issues, we have changed all of that and have never felt better about our money.
3: We are honoring God.
0: The best decision we have ever made. Financial Issues is a ministry teaching people like you how to invest biblically, responsibly, keeping your investments clear of companies that may support an ungodly agenda. Grow your money God's way. Learn more by going to financialissues.org. Become a partner, honor God, and take control of your finances. Financialissues.org.
2: Now, back to Financial Issues Week in Review.
3: Well, welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burt, and we are at the question and answer part of the show. So without further ado, let's get to some calls. We have Sally calling from Texas. Hi, Sally. You're on Financial Issues.
5: Okay. Uh, Shanna, uh, all your cell alerts, uh, we Christians uh, agree with you, your audience, should I say. But it gives the... Uh, Non-Christians, the ability to buy back the stocks and consolidate full power to a small group of globalists, non-Christians, their goal is to buy all the assets, and we know who these people are. So what's your comment on um, them having the ability to buy all the stocks back?
3: They've got the ability already. They've got enough money to buy the stocks, no matter what this, what the stock price is. Um, You know, I don't I don't know that we have enough unity in the BRI community right now to even move the stock price. So, I mean, they can it doesn't impact their ability to do so.
5: Okay, Uh, it just it just uh, it's evident that they're trying to destroy America. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not like uh, and, you know, they're just going to point the blame at Biden. They're going to say it's not our party. Uh, it's just him when it is the party and him. But they're trying to uh, make it look like it's just Biden's the bad guy when it's really the whole party.
3: Yeah, I think that plan was hatched a long time ago. They knew they knew what they were getting, and they knew what kind of condition he was in when they put him up there. So um, there, there is an, an evil agenda. You know, the, the Scripture tells us that we are engulfed in a spiritual battle here, and it infiltrates every single part of our lives.
5: Amen, Sister uh, Shanna. Yeah, it's just that all these buybacks that they, they're the ability to do, we've got to stop that where they, they don't own every asset somehow.
3: Yeah. I don't know what the answer to that is. You know, all I know is that we can only control what's in our control, whatever God has given us authority over, and so that is the resources that we have at our disposal. And I think, you know, we have to choose to honor God, and that's what the Scripture tells us is to seek. God and his kingdom first, and all of these other things will be added to us. So, you know, I know it's a battle that God is well aware of. He is fighting the battle. Uh, The battle belongs to him. Uh, We just have to do what we can do with the resources that he's given us. So, we have to, you know, in my opinion, we have to honor him. Biblically responsible investing is a conviction. You know, we're trying to defund. Darkness by not allowing them to use our money. Now there's still plenty of money out there in control, in the hands of evil people who will support these things. And you know, we just have to focus on what we can do.
5: Amen, Sister Shanna. Uh, (laughs) I just want to let you know uh, that uh, I love uh, you as much as Dan, but different. But uh, you're you're (laughs) the you, you you've just done a remarkable job, and keep doing the work.
3: Well, thank you for that. We appreciate your support and your encouragement. God bless. You too. All right. uh, Let's go to Dennis. Dennis is calling from California.
4: Hey, Jenna. Thanks for taking my call. Um, My question centers around the TSP. Um, I'm Possibly going to be retiring in the next three and a half years. Uh, we stopped uh, putting into the TSP a, about two and a half years ago and have refocused those funds into our brokerage, um, brokerage accounts, um, as Dan um, recommended to do. But as we get closer to retirement, um, I'm heavily weighted in the C and the S fund. Uh, and then those three and a half years, what would be your recommendation we do uh, as we transition and get ready for um, retirement?
3: Um, I would look at the asset allocation models for the 65 plus. I didn't know, I don't know if you said how old you are, but Just simply, and it doesn't really matter, but simply because you're getting closer to retirement, you're within that three-year mark, I would start to transition those assets just as it says um, in the TSP models. Now, I will tell you that this, all of the models, the 55 and the 65 models, have been uh, reviewed and revised at the end of May, beginning of June. The rest of the models are currently under review, so... Um, you could wait a little bit longer or you could start shifting some of those assets into that 65 model.
4: Okay, I'll take a look at that. Thank you very much.
3: All right, great. Thanks so much for calling. Um Seth, what do we have on the partner side question?
0: Got some good stuff here, Shanna. Before we get to that, though, I did just want to make a comment today. A lot of young people are entering one of the darkest places in the country, Shanna, and that is public schools. So we certainly mm-hmm. need to be praying for our young children as they go back to school today. Just a, th- a thought that I had.
3: Yes, I agree. Yep, yep. My kids started, uh, my kids have been back for almost three weeks. Oh, golly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so it, it's, uh, it slipped my mind a little bit. But yes, we do need to continue to cover our children in prayer. They are the next generation. And make no mistake about it, the battle is intense for their attention and and for their souls and we have to be vigilant over that
0: Mm, amen good stuff sister let's start with jason here he's saying hi shanna i bought a specific stock hc92 based on the advice of a friend stupid i know and it was on dan's buy list at some point i want to get my stocks where they are only based on the buy list i'm working on balancing my portfolio with the portfolio tracker and the buy list i'm only down like 500 dollars in this specific stock should i just sell and cut my losses I am definitely not for the vaccine, so that's driving my desire to cut it out. I only have about five shares, but I've lost two thirds of their value. What should I do when I'm 41 years old?
3: Well, Jason, you kind of answer your own question there. (laughs) I will tell you that biblically responsible investing is a conviction of the heart. It's the desire not to be involved in the things that grieve the heart of the Lord. So if you have, you know, that particular stock does screen clean still as well as um, HC92, Oh, that is HC-92. HC-92 and HC-37 are both screening clean, but you'll see that they are being removed from the buy list, and that's just for some reasons that we have here um, At the ministry, we're we're taking them off the list. So you can do what you like with it. Um, It is a conviction. So if you are not in support of what they do, whether it's biblically responsible or not, then you should not invest in it because buying stocks is investing in a company. It's becoming an owner of a company, and it just doesn't make sense to invest in a company that you don't believe in. So the beauty of this strategy uh, that we do for the partners here is that it's a do-it-yourself strategy. So you get some guidance from us, you get some research from us, but ultimately you get to make the decision about the companies that you own or you don't own, which reminds me, you know, we've we've gotten a little bit of pushback, uh, some concern from partners about all of the stocks that are coming on the buy list, and you know that one was Dan's favorite, and I will tell you that um, if if he were alive, he would be doing the same thing. I know Dan's heart for biblically responsible investing, and that was a no compromise position for him. If a company was not biblically responsible, he was going to get rid of it. So, you know, we're just seeing the left more and more infiltrate corporate America. They're putting pressure on them to do certain things. And, you know, we've got to, we're getting some great feedback and some great ideas from partners about how we can get involved. So I would just, I would just tell you, to be praying about that and to get involved. When we ask you to contact the companies, do it. They're hearing from the other side and they're not hearing from the Christians. So, we have to we have to speak up and we have to be vocal.
0: Good stuff, Shannon. I love that. Let's get to Landon. He's saying, I'd like to build an income-focused portfolio based on mutual funds because neither I nor my wife have time to do the necessary research and learning to manage it ourselves. And I want these to be ethically responsible. Which model would be best for us? Or are there one to two considerations we could keep in mind to be able to customize an existing model for our needs? I'm 37 years old.
3: Okay, great. So, the key piece of information there is 37 years old. So unless there are other extenuating circumstances, I think the focus needs to be on growth, especially with inflation being out of control as much as it is right now. And it's going to continue to be, in my opinion, for a little while. So the way that you combat inflation is growth in your in your portfolio. And at age 37, you probably have lots of time Before you're going to retire and need income from your portfolio. So, you know, my advice would be to consider why you're after income and to maybe, you know, change your mind about what the goal of your portfolio is. At 37 years old, unless there's some other extenuating circumstances, the goal should be for growth. So, um, mutual funds are not the way to build an income portfolio. They're, it just doesn't work as well. If you're interested in building an income portfolio, you need to uh, be prepared to do a little bit of research. And we're not asking you to become an analyst. We do that part of it for you with what we put onto the buy list. At 37 years old, you have plenty of time to put together a portfolio and to learn this strategy little by little. You can watch some of the getting started things. It's not a trading strategy. It's not short term. You don't have to be sitting in front of a computer all the time. We're teaching you how to identify good foundational companies that you can own for a long period of time to learn about those companies and to be convicted. It's not It's not something that you have to spend a lot of time doing. You may have to invest a little bit of time in the beginning to learn how to get started. But once you get started, uh, I think you'll find the strategy to be very easy to keep up with and You know, as uh, Dean always used to say, the only financial advisor that you can really trust is yourself because you know your circumstances, you know your limitations, and we make it really easy for you to follow along here. So I would just encourage you to take a look at that. Take a look at some of the videos and uh, just uh, learn little by little. That's a great scriptural principle. So I'm Shanna Burt with Financial Issues, and we're going to be back right after this next break. Don't go anywhere.
2: American Family Association President, Tim Wildman. Why does AFA exist? Well, we're here to inform, equip, and activate individuals and families to transform the culture. We want to make an impact on our country for Christ. That's the reason my dad, Don Wildman, started this ministry 40-plus years ago. Dad was concerned about the direction America was headed, and he was determined to do something about it. Maybe that describes you today. If it does, I want to strongly encourage you to consider a charitable gift annuity to American Family Association Foundation. This will benefit you and it will ensure that we stay in the fight for a long, long time to come. That's the AFA Foundation. Call the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. I pray that in these trying times, that I can lead him in a way that I know will leave a godly imprint on his heart forever. And And
3: to show her how to live a life that is pure. I want her to understand how precious life is and to to take take care of his body.
1: We ride and exercise and understand that his body is a
4: temple, temple of, of God. God.
2: I pray that our family will love Jesus, read his word daily, and obey his teaching. The values that we share should guide us in the way that we invest. Make sure that you are investing in companies whose policies and practices align with pro-life, pro-family values visit thetimothyplan.com or call for more information. Advance the kingdom in the way that you invest.
5: I got to hear how strong her heartbeat was. I was like, I felt like she was supposed to be here. And it didn't matter what anybody else told me. All that mattered was that I was blessed with the ability to carry life inside of my body, and that baby was supposed to be here for something, and that was all that mattered.
2: This is the story of a young lady who decided to keep her baby after hearing her baby's beautiful heartbeat on ultrasound. The Ministry of Preborn provides ultrasounds for pregnancy centers across America for free. When an abortion-minded woman hears her baby's heartbeat on ultrasound, she is 80% more likely to keep her baby, and the story does an end there. Your gift of $140 will cover the cost of five ultrasounds. All donations are tax deductible. You can help save a baby's life right here in America by donating to Preborn. To donate, dial pound 250, keyword baby, pound 250, baby, or donate securely at preborn.com. That's preborn.com. The opinions and recommendations expressed on this program do not necessarily represent the opinions of the station or any of the program sponsors. Additionally, all products or services offered by the program sponsors may not be known by the program.
3: Well, welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burt, and we're taking your questions, your calls, and um, all of those things. If you're watching us on social media, please share us. And speaking of social media, Seth, what do we have there?
0: It's good stuff here, Shannon. Let me get to my social page here really quick. Uh, Brian in Missouri is uh, saying, "Yeah, I saw an invoice for a Chevy Volt for battery battery replacement at about twenty three thousand dollars. How cost efficient is that?" Amen, Brian. It is
3: not cost efficient is at all. It is just part <laughs> of the the silliness that's happening. And you know what's going to happen? You know when, when is the left's heads going to start spinning about? how we make these batteries and the environmental impact of that. You know, you need lithium and cobalt and, you know, other minerals. And how do we get that? Well, we strip mine the earth. And if you've ever done any research about the effects of strip mining the earth and the, the labor that goes into that, you know, we're, it's a setup for lots of big uh, human rights violations as we get it from countries that don't treat people right so you know when are when is their head going to start spinning about all of that
0: amen shanna i gotta say i love brian's sarcasm in that too it reminded me of Mm. dan (laughs) we've also got jason from florida saying i'm looking forward to rejoining the bible study on friday with seth after my hiatus handling my newborn daughter which i'm sure seth knows something about jason i sure do brother i'd love to know how many (laughs) you have if that's your first or that's your second like it was for me but excited to have you man it's gonna be good
3: yep i know jason uh, and it is his first. So oh, nice. Very lots cool. of Congrats, uh, brother. Lots of great new adventures there. So if you want to find out how to get there, go to our website at financialissues.org. Look on the resources tab, I believe, and there's the dial-in information. So it is a great way to get some Word of God. It's a non-threatening way. All you have to do is call in. You don't even have to put your name. You don't have to put your email address. Nobody sees you. You can just uh, log in and listen up and hear some great teaching on the Word of God. And we're so grateful for Dan that he started this Bible study uh, a year or two ago. Um, And it's just a great way to keep us Keep the things that are important in the forefront. You know, yeah, we're here every day. We're talking about the economy, the markets, stewardship. But what is most important is to steward the gospel, is to know the gospel, to know um, what God says about us, who we are, and how we can honor Him and how we can live good lives. So every word of God is useful for instruction and um We should never believe the lie that anything in Scripture is unimportant. So I just encourage you to do that.
0: Amen. Thanks, Shanna. Let's get to another Ask Shanna question here. This one's from Ron. He's 71 years old. He said, when two or more beneficiaries inherit an IRA or a Roth IRA that contains multiple stock holdings, does the inheritance pass in kind fractionally to each beneficiary? And does the beneficiary have to maintain the inherited IRA at the same brokerage firm that held the original IRA? I'm confused about how the annual required distribution is handled when there are multiple persons inheriting. Thank you and God's blessings.
3: Well, that's a great question. That's edifying for the group. And um, the way that that works is... An IRA, whether it's a traditional or a Roth, is what's considered a non-probate asset because it passes by beneficiary designation. So, what you want to make sure of is that you keep a, a, a regular check on who you have listed as a beneficiary. Because I hate to say it, but lots of times when we're signing up for a four—and this is especially true for a four hundred and one k or an employer plan—is that when we're signing up for it, you know, we're we're busy. We've got other things that are a priority but we know that we need to be saving. So we, you know, go down to HR or online these days and during our lunch break and sign up for the 401k or retirement plan. And um, hopefully we list someone as the beneficiary. That's really important for a retirement plan because that is how the split is going to be determined by whatever it says on your beneficiary designation form. Now, it's really easy to update that form. All you have to do is go in and, and uh, give the information for the new um, beneficiaries and sign the paperwork. But you want to make sure that that is kept up to date, especially if you have a major life event like uh, like a death maybe of a spouse or Uh, God forbid, a child or someone who's your beneficiary. Um, Or if you unfortunately experience events like divorce or or separation or something like that, you want to make sure that that gets updated as well, because it won't matter what your will or your trust says if your beneficiary designation is uh, on file. So what happens when uh, an IRA owner dies is that someone will contact whoever is in charge, whoever's the custodian of that account. They'll provide a death certificate, and then separate accounts will be established for each inheriting person. So they get their own IRA. Now, it has to be set up as an inherited IRA, and that just um, makes it clear to the government, to the IRS what has to happen. So if there's required minimum distributions that have to be taken so on and so forth, you you most likely will have to establish the account and have it split up at the institution where it's currently being held because they're responsible for making sure that things go to the right person and the right place but you have the ability to transfer that out to where, whatever financial institution that you want to use once it's done. So normally, I mean, I guess um, custodians can do it differently, but the way that I see that it done most of the time is, let's say that there's two beneficiaries. Each beneficiary has an account set up in their own name, and then yes, um, everything that's in the account gets split equally or according to whatever percentages are on file. So if if there's 100 shares of XYZ stock and there's two beneficiaries, 50 shares of that stock goes to one beneficiary, 50 shares go to the other. And then um, each person is... Responsible for making sure that they get their required minimum distributions out So that is one thing that has changed with qualified accounts or with IRA accounts starting in January 1st of 2020 So if you have an inherited account Where the person that you inherited it from died before January 1st of 2020 you follow a different set of rules for your required minimum distributions um, there's a lot of calculators online. You can go like to the IRS website and see what your choices are there. But for most people, um, if you're a spouse, you get to roll over your the inherited IRA into your own name and treat it as your own. If you are a non-spouse, you no longer have those stretch options that we um, knew about and used to use a lot prior to January 1st of 2020 you could, prior to January 1st of 2020, you could spread out the distributions and therefore the taxes over your life expectancy if you met certain conditions. Now, you no longer have that option. You have to get all of the money out within a 10-year period if you're a non-spouse inheriting an IRA. So, That is one way, that is one of the risk to qualified accounts, because a qualified account is an account that qualifies for special tax treatment because the government said so. The government passed laws creating retirement plans, creating uh, whether they're employer-sponsored or individual plans, and they control the rules over those types of accounts, and they can and they do change them. So that's another reason that we have to, to be very vigilant about who is making laws that impact us and our financial futures. So um, lots of people here at the ministry follow the advice that Dan gave so many for, for so many years and that I continue to support is to make sure you have diversification, not only in your asset classes, but in the types of accounts that you have. You know, there's, you can have Roth accounts, you can have IRA accounts, and then you can have just plain investment accounts. So you have to know the rules of the game um, that you're working with, and you want to have some diversification there because you don't want the government to have total control over when you have to take the money, how it's taxed, and so on and so forth. So there have been some very scary things happen in the government. Dan used to talk about the Obama administration and how, Uh, that Obama went to the Department of Labor back in, I think, 08 or 09 and said, you know, tell me what would happen if we pretty much confiscated all of the IRA assets and just gave people an income stream in return for their assets. So it's scary to think that they even think about that. But there is a tremendous amount of money, um, somewhere around $15 trillion in qualified accounts. So the government knows where the money is because it's reported every year. You get a $5,498 that shows how much money is in your IRA, where it's at, and um, what's in it. And employer plans have to file a $5,500 every year, notifying the IRS of the balances of their retirement plans. So they know what's out there. It's not not information that's hard to find. So you want to make sure that you're diversifying your types of accounts as well. Well, folks, we're coming up on the end of the program. As always, let's remember that everything that we have is the Lord's. Let's remember that He's coming back soon. And let's do business while we're here and be about the Lord's business and be a good steward with all that we've been given. Well, I'm Shanna Burt with Financial Issues.
2: we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under.
0: Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.
2: If you like what you're hearing right now, you're going to love going to the website FISM.TV. FISM.TV is the home of nationally syndicated TV, radio, and podcast Financial Issues with Shanna Burt. But it's also home to the engaging history program A Moment in History and the news show FISM News, along with a whole slew of exciting and original programs that are all biblically based. Go visit our website. It's FISM.TV to learn more about this show and plenty more. Again, FISM.tv.